0: It's a dark night. Dark night. it's a dark night. What is up, my friends? This is the Protect Your Neck Podcast, and I'm your host, Dan Tom. And this is work you can find over at MMA, Junkie, as well as live movement.com. But on this year program, the Protect Your Neck Podcast. We break down high-level MMA. That's what we're going to do here today, tonight, whenever you're listening to this. Hopefully, it's before the fight. So, I am recording this Thursday in the afternoon time. The sun's still out early, Dan. What's going on? I don't know. Uh, Despite my usual busy weeks, which I won't get into, although I do tend to tweet some personals. Um, Things kind of uh, went by at a weird flow this week, so here we are. I'm not going to complain. Hopefully, you aren't either. Uh, Although, I will say, uh, the Friday episode is no longer my late episode in this pandemic era, as hopefully, knock on wood, nothing will change from here to the recording, although that's probably not true. You know, there's still 48 hours or over, so for things to happen. So, um, let's hope for the best, but as per usual, I will be breaking down this card like I do all of them from top to bottom, and like I do for all of them, I will give you a timestamp in case you want to listen to a bit less of me, although the intro shouldn't be too long of this portion. Uh, where are the breakdown stats? Check the check the show notes on uh, whether you're on YouTube if you're listening to the audio version there, like and subscribe, or on Apple Podcasts, give us a subscribe and positive rating and review. I saw another five-star rating come in. Thank you very much for that. Um, if you guys leave reviews, I will read them. I didn't check that part, so maybe you won't get that read today. We shall see. Um, Speaking of reads, I got to do an Amazon list and I didn't pull it up because I'm a bad podcaster. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, But if you want to waste even less time, of course, I always uh, recap picks and plays at the end. Not throwing shade at other podcasts as, dude, if anybody gives love to to podcasts uh, more than, uh, you know, Shouts to Sound of Violence. I'll give you guys a shot here in a second. Um, this podcast gives a lot of shouts to other podcasts more than than I probably should. Uh, but hey, what, what can I do? I can't help it. It's in my nature. Um, I don't know where the fuck I was going with that because I've been hitting the head too much. Um, but uh, but yeah, I uh, I do appreciate the oh yeah the the, the bad the bad podcasting Amazon lists. Um, yeah, I'll I'll pull something up there. I appreciate you guys too. Um, yeah, yeah, check the timestamps, all that good stuff. Um, and, uh, oh, yeah, shout-outs. Speaking of shout-outs, uh, this is not going to be much of a card to recap because uh, Spencer Kite helped me recap that uh, bonus episode there. Um at Spencer Kite did a fantastic job uh, from Canada over there. My 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 neighbor to the north, UFC.com writer, and just all around good guy who has been on this beat much longer than I. Give him a follow and check out that episode if you haven't. Uh, only really have a only note I really I really have for uh, for um, UFC two fifty seven Fallout is just all the fucking excuses and explanations that aren't a check-right hook that I keep seeing float around, and because it's my nature, you guys know me, I'm not a victory lap guy, I'm much less a revisionist history guy. I didn't pick Dustin, however, I did stress because I stress it in all Southpaw matchups going back at least half a decade now to Shevchenko home. Uh, these seem to be the most accurate matchups. You know, I don't know if has anything to do because your boy has had punches and kicks thrown at him from the Southpaw stance and have done so from the Southpaw stance for... I don't know since 1992 uh i don't know but uh yeah i tend to get those matchups the most right uh hence my frustrating goodwill hunting GIF. you know that's what i feel like i feel like well th- that's one of the few times i feel smat. uh my self-deprecating ass gets a little, a little you know a little frustrated especially after you know again i don't care about i, I already get that like, i'm not going to get follows or things and you know i'll never probably get to call you a c match or anything like that like i'm i'm I've come to I'm coming to acceptance with these things but like you know for me I'm more of like a respect for my peers guy and uh I just just keep seeing like from colleagues to the fighters themselves like Conor just tweeting everything calf kicks lack of stance uh Pacquiao prep and I I want to quote tweet everything and just go check right hook in all caps but I'm not that guy and I don't want to earbeat you uh because especially with contradictory stuff like this because I say I care but really um, when people do compliment me, I will shut it the fuck down and run, run the other way because I don't like compliments either. So I, it's, I don't know. I don't think it's an ego thing, but it definitely is in that department. I won't deny it. And, uh, McGregor fight weeks are definitely the hardest for me. I, I get the most depressed and the most stressed as I'm sure many of my colleagues do for me. It's because of my over-awareness, which definitely for the worst, on a McGregor fight week because you just see all the, um, you know, all the, all the social climbers, uh, and uh, you know the the cloud chasing and uh, all that stuff that I, I'm not a fan of, and I can see right through for the most part. Um, you can tell a lot by the timelines. I tell you what, what, what you know. People share and don't share, but you know what? When I get before I get bogged down with the negative, let's come back with um, the positive here because when I think about those things, like there are so many people of my colleagues that I do respect who whether they do it publicly or in my DMs, um, have shown me love and recognition or certain things. And even people from other podcasts, like uh, Shouts to Brad from the MMA Analysis, or of course, Ed Gallo. You know, I love the Fight Site Boys. Shouts to Ed Gallo. He gave me a shot for the uh, check right hook as well. Um, so it's not like I'm not getting credit or anything. It's not from an ego place. I don't want to sound like I'm... I'm I'm crying about everything. It's more just people getting it wrong, annoying me, and just something that I one of the things that one of the few things my dumb ass actually does get right. It's just it's more frustrating from that angle, you know? <laughs> so don't take it the wrong way. By the way, speaking of the fight guys side like guys, I don't know why they keep having me back, but like, you know, I'll 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 definitely uh it, it's it's been some of the more <laughs> you know, especially as we get deeper into this pandemic, like the people you podcast with or whatever, like become your only social interaction, so I tend to appreciate these people much more, and they keep having me back, so I'll keep going on, but make sure you check out the panel. Real fun panel we did over there. Uh, Shout-outs to Dan Albert. F- follow him at typewriting uh, TypewritingDNA, sorry. And, uh, of course, uh, you know, at, at Shuram Says. Uh, Shuram and uh, Ed Gallo. Um, Edward Gallo. Uh, Edward Gallo? at Edward Gallo or may on Twitter. Either way. I'll, I'll give him a share. Um, but uh, he's... Yeah, there was a great panel where we discussed like, speaking of Poirier, um, the Southpaw. He was the lone Southpaw, but how he would do against Gechi, Chandler, and Oliveira and how those kind of mix and match, right? Really fun. Go check that out. That's over on the fight site YouTube. So if you're over there, give them a like and subscribe while you're giving this video a like and subscribe. Um, and um, yeah, and then uh, speaking of uh, shouts uh, and analysts that I respect... Um, Connor Rebush came back on the program. I know I kind of teased it for a minute. Um, and, uh, man, it was fun. We got to do a, a classic of his if you're a heavy hands fan, which you should be if you're not. Um, and uh, that, it was really fun doing our top five athletic cheaters. Um, I know there's a lot of inside jokes, especially for podcast listeners of that show, but um, just the way the editing worked out, I, I did a little... Uh, uh, Connor left me an Easter egg, if you will, on our breaks, so I kind of parlayed that to, uh, to combine the intro stylings there so to pay homage to the the HH, the heavy hands um, intro. So big shouts to Connor and, uh, and his podcast over there with Phil. Uh, great dudes, of course. Uh, go check that out. And lastly, but not leastly, again, kind of uh, to speak of don't take me seriously and why I'm contradictory, um, Sound of Violence Pod. i got to give them a shout. Um, because when people do give me shouts, I'm like, ah, shut up, you know, <laughs> I, I hate it, and especially because like I genuinely enjoy um, this podcast because they just seem like dudes. Uh, Pulver and Chris uh, Madaffer seem like dudes I would hang with, uh, and partake with, but uh, we'll just say that shouts to those dudes, and uh, it's a good service, you know, I know they talk about a, a, a lot of podcasts like mine too much (laughs) but like no no all joking aside um when i'm not getting uncomfortable with the mention of my name it's great because they they mention podcasts like i'm not aware of and like their award show particularly like i was oh i gotta go go check that out so that was cool um i don't know i think i made the top 10 either way it doesn't matter where i'm ranked because it was too high to even be in that (laughs) so um yeah, they're 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 way too nice. But I will say they give me some kind of like guest award or whatever for being a guest on podcast, and I didn't realize it. And again, kind of rounding it out to like recognition and being grateful, and in turn paying it forward. You know, you want to put the positive spin on it. But no, really, because um, I didn't realize this. So I was like, wow, I, I I was not even expecting to be mentioned for this. But like, I was I was on a lot of podcasts this last year, and that's not a credit to me, by the way. That is a credit to the people willing to. Uh, Sully, their brand by having me on their show. So, um, I know they're giving me a shout, but really that's more of a pay forward shout to just people who had me, man. Uh, Fernanda, uh, best cap of my life, Bill Welker, um, you know, and me on the rocks, right? Follow him. Uh, Shaq having me on his show, that was great. Um uh, Kyler always having me on his sports shows, all the radio spots, Um, fight site guys, obviously right. Um, Plenty I I can't mention off the top of my head, but I I was just thinking about that, and I got to put a tweet together because there was a lot, and I was like, wow, Um, man, I'm uh, Nicole Bosco. Again, we need more female voices in the media space um, to have me as their first guest, which you know I'm nobody special, but like that that was really cool. you know, uh, granted a former colleague, but like love seeing more females in the space and to take part in any of these in any way has just been awesome. You know, even doing, you know, the, the Tourette's podcast, not that, that counts for the MMA spot space, but you know, that was, that was big for me. And I know most of you guys don't know, like I have Tourette's like, you know, especially how the media portrays it. Like, I guess I don't check those boxes, but newsflash, um, whether you like the guy or not uh, I think it's Adam Curry uh, who is the podfather the, the, who's officially credited as starting podcast. that dude is Tourette's too so you make fun of Tourette's all you want or the fact that my aspiration my lone, l- lone last aspiration in this space is to call an MMA fight at any level by the way um, but the fact is a dude with Tourette's started podcasting so that's a fact um, but yeah, it's crazy, man. Like just, so just seeing that support and stuff, like, man, I, as much as I complain about little stupid shit like the check, right hook rant or whatever, like, don't take me too seriously. Like I get, and even with like, I might get bummed out at like, ah, uh, you know, now now that I have to pay attention to analytics, shares and all that stuff. And it's really bummed me out to be honest, this past couple of months, I'd be lying if it hasn't. Um, part of me is just like, dude, I'm, when I look at like all the people that like, do support and for some reason want me on their show like i'm like i don't deserve that i've i've never been ingratiated as much as i am right now in my life so like even on the podcast episodes that barely crack 150 or 200 listeners or whatever like that's more people (laughs) that pay attention to me in my life so man i'm i'm super freaking grateful and uh shouts to at tsov pod for helping me further come to that conclusion not that i need these lessons but you know what I'm saying? It's 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 awesome. It, it was it was really cool. So thank you. All right. I know I, I talked way too much. Um, I tried to do this shorter, but hey, whatever. It's cool. Um, let's go to UFC Vegas 18. We're going to break it down from top to bottom. Of course, headline by Alistair Overeem versus Alexander Volkov. Overeem actually opened as your favorite minus 125 of the public. It's pushed Volkov to your favorite now two to one, uh, minus 200 Overeem plus 170. Um, i get the movement i wouldn't even have hated volkov being opened as a favorite um he is legit i've followed him for a while um i've scouted him for fighters before uh for roy nelson i believe um back in the day um and i don't bring that up there's plenty of people that do scouting way better than me (laughs) i'm not it's never it's never been a specialty but when that work has come across you know i've taken it and um when it has um, the good, the good byproduct about it is whatever the fighter I was looking at, like you guys hear how deep I go, like in general, like I go even deeper. If you imagine that, uh, and Volkov was one of those dudes, so I don't in no way underestimate him. Uh, and again, I get the line movement, but I'm gonna go against it, um, and it shouldn't surprise anybody um, who are uh, upset that Overeem's the dog. Or how could you? And like, don't be upset. Just place your money if you feel that passionate about it. I'm, I'm placing a little bit here, uh, spoiler alert, and don't follow me off that cliff, it's heavyweight MMA, but I'll explain why, and not just out of principle, which it's not a bad principle over him at Dog Money, I think someone tweeted the account when I just tweeted that I was going, uh, going to record, um, but let's be honest, and this isn't a shot, I know... MMA gambling bunch can be a, a sensitive bunch as well, so and hey, I'm not beyond it, so I get it, I get it, uh, but I'm not coming at you guys, but just like I admit my bias on the show, and if you guys want to be, you know, uh, good MMA gamblers, or whatever you want to call it, or whatever your goals are with, with that, um, you got to be able to call your own biases, and um, let's be honest, the typical MMA gambler bias, Like I joke about jerking off Figueredo, but like, When it comes to, A, fading older veterans with a suspect chin, and B, supporting a sexier striker, or as I put in my main event breakdown, which you can go check out every week at MMAJunkie.com, not only do I not miss the cards here, I don't miss the cards there, and uh, this one I actually, like, I wrote way more than I thought, I'm going to be honest, Um, because... Let's be honest. Let's when you see this line, it's like it's like it totally makes sense because the MMA betting point that I was just on, like MMA Gamblers, you gotta admit, you, you admit it, guys. You guys get so hard. You guys get rock hard when you see matchups like this. You're like, what? Sexy striker dude, long striker dude against aging vet. Like I, I can just hear y'all unzipping and just you know jostling your your belt buckles like Rogan calling like, kicks on the broadcast. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Again, love y'all. I'm not hating anybody. I just mentioned there. I'm just, hey man, you, yeah, that's the truth. Them, them be the facts. Um, and so that's what that's what I see on this. It has its fingerprints written all over it, because there's a lot of logic going against it when you look at. I know, I know, styles matchups, but I know I live and die by that sword, and it's an admitted bias. And I never tell people to follow me off the cliff. Um, you know, I'm not telling you where to put your money. Nor am I charging you. Again, I do all this content for free, um, but. For what it's worth, folks, I'm always in the top picks for staff picks. One, uh, yeah, I won last year, but like really, I mean, for what it's worth, th- that doesn't matter to me as much as being consistent and consistency, uh, consistently. Um, you know, I'm not in that game or boast or whatever, but you know, <laughs> I'm able to withdraw from my accounts at the end of the year, betting wise, and my pick percentages are always are always in the winning as well. So. um yeah, I'll con- I'll continue going style matchups for a results and B. It's just what I'm passionate about. It's what I felt the media the media space was lacking, especially you know not that you need to become from a martial arts base, but yeah, you know, um, spending over 20 years competing in multiple different combat sports around the world didn't hurt. Um, and uh, and and yeah, like it's something I just I'm sorry I'm not trying to sound cocky here. Just I just don't again something these <laughs> fight weeks. When I see everybody like fucking, you know, dick riding every inkling of close to a right call, I go, you know, I don't toot my own horn enough. As I get you know upset about little stupid things, so, but yeah, man, like I'm gonna keep with that winning formula of of style matchups and style matchups, especially when we're looking at the cage sizes. You know, the small cage is back in play in this pandemic era. We're either at Fight Island in a big cage or at Apex in a small cage. And stylistically speaking, that shit is kryptonite to a guy like Volkov, a tall, long striker. Um, and against a guy like Overeem, who it's not underrated anymore for people who have been paying attention, but he's been reemphasizing his wrestling. Uh, granted, it's not fundamental or textbook the way he's been securing singles. However, if you look at what he's been doing, it's been in a smaller cage against the cage. And he's really good at using momentum and barriers. I mean, that comes from the ring a lot. A lot of guys get that habit off of ropes. And although, obviously, there's not as much give in a cage or a fence as ropes, a lot of those principles apply, and you'll see guys take that over. And that's what Overeem was kind of mixing in with his wrestling there. Um, It gets the job done. And then we've seen awkward takedowns do get the job done against Volkov. Although... um, the efficacy of Verdum's single leg snatches, I, I would favor over Overeem's. Uh, however, as good of a grappler Verdum is, Verdum is not as a positionally aware guy. He's, he's an aggressive grappler. Whereas Overeem, very positionally aware. And he kind of is like a wrestler. I know he got ground and pounded by Curtis Blades, but styles make fights, folks. And um, there's a lot of things that happened before that third round stoppage against Blades. Um, so... Don't look at me like crazy when I say that Overeem. I actually rate his ground and pound higher than Blades, despite him getting split open like a freaking fire hydrant. Um, and we saw that in the Volkov fight. Is because if Blades can't, and I expect him to improve, um, I'll probably be changing my pick and supporting him against Lewis, uh, like last time, even though the fight never happened. Uh, but like, you got to expect him to improve. But like his wrestling rides, um, he doesn't emphasize as much on. Wrist controls is Overeem, and even Overeem was doing, uh, quote-unquote, wrestling stuff that I would like to see you, exp- you would expect a wrestler like Blades to do more of, like collapsing posts. Um, you'll see Overeem do that when a guy goes to turtle. He would kind of like a collapsing post, so a guy goes to post on his arm. He's kind of hitting, like, that crux of the arm and collapsing and making the elbow break, right, making them heavy on their hands, fall toward their face. That gives you the beat, positioning to strike, get in better position to possibly submit, Um Volkov's going to be hard to deal with, though. We saw that, because even when Verdum got him down or other guys got him down, he's very long, right? He's difficult to deal with. Uh, Blades complained about that, too, as well, right? Um, so I, I don't know if Overeem's going to get the job inside or not. I picked him to get it done inside the distance. I, 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 I placed a small wager on him. Um, but he also has the gas to go the distance. So if his chin holds up, which is oh, Overeem's chin. like I know I get it. I tweeted he's been dropped or stopped in 10 of his last 18 fights. Um... Again, if I may pat myself on the back, that's stats that you don't see other people do. And I consistently um, give you these kind of stats, like when I'll get to in, this, in the co main event as well, because it is stats you have to really fucking dig in and watch tape for, um, for, or just at least really dig for. Um, and um, not throwing shade, just, just give God forbid, give myself a little bit of a pat on the back. Uh, I'm not ignoring those stats that I throw out there, folks. The point is. Um, and it's just like, Overeem's always kind of had a suspect chin, though. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like I feel like ever after he got knocked out by Chuck, we we're like, "Oh crap, wait," you know. And then you just he's, he took some bad. He's always kind of taking bad knockouts when he loses, he loses bad, right? Um, uh, however, he's shown the ability to take some shots. Is you know his physique is like a lot of people's physiques is kind of uh, let's just say acclimated. He, he's not Uberim, obviously. I'm not saying that. Don't get me wrong, but like. You know, I I like where he's at. I don't mind that this is his last run. I know that could be a flag for some. But, I, you know, I feel like Overham's gonna he's always going to get in there and fight for your money. He's not going to be rattled, even by the worst losses. His ability to bounce back is like no other. And even if he can't get him out on the floor, and even if he can't take a step further, take Volkov down. Um, the fact that they're going to be in the small cage means they're going to be in the clinch a lot. And Volkov's gotten better at the clinch, but I don't know how I like him against the best heavyweight clench fighter possibly ever, right? All due respect to Josh Barnett and Randy Couture. Um, and I know Volkov's beefed up. Uh, shout out to Clint from the Die Hard MMA podcast. Uh, he was talking about and, and, like, tweeting pictures, like, how how thick Volkov's looking and he ain't lying. That definitely caught my eye. That is something that um, to be watchful of. And I think supporters should like it uh, because he's been, like, doing way more running on his IG and putting on this muscle and weight Uh, and he was already a conditioned athlete, like, that's good news. It's just the thing is, like, I don't think he's going to have the strength or the conditioning edge against um, Overeem. And Overeem, although he won't be as long, although he does actually have the same reach at 80 inches, and he's only three inches shorter technically, um, there's, there's a lot of size parity there, right? So it's like a lot of the advantages aren't like a huge wide gap that Volkov relies on. Again, it's the chin, and if Overeem plays rope-a-dope too much like he's done, I could totally see Volkov picking his shots, going to the body, and piercing around his guard to the head. Volkov's super accurate. You know, back from his... That kind of comes from his karate striking days, you know? And he's really incorporated into kickboxing-slash-MMA-style of kickboxing. I talk about that more in my in-depth breakdown. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, even though I get that he's favored, I wouldn't be surprised. If you got him at dog money, good on you. Uh, But I'm playing the dog money on Overeem, man. In the small cage where uh, Volkov lost his last fight and Overeem won. He's got to face a guy more experienced who represents just as dangerous of a style fight as he returns to the place where he suffered his last defeat. Um, We'll see. also looked for Overeem with their uppercuts. Volkov's been eating those forever. That's just something, even though he's so tall, um, it's something that he's always been vulnerable to because he leans forward and tries to uh, use his head as a head stopper to get good head position, but a little... Two emphasis on that in the clinch and just one of his other weaknesses there in the clinch again going against the best clinch fighter and possibly you know all the heavyweight uh, history and mma you know up there in all of mma so uh I'll, give me the ream um i'll take a shot at him uh willing to crash on burn there kissy renault ain't happening i did end up picking Chason in case they rebooked that for whatever reason but i would would have stayed away um, the actual co-main event is Corey Sanhagen minus 400, Frankie Edgar plus 325. Dude, I did not expect to be picking Frankie Edgar, but here I am, folks. I'm actually going to pick Frankie Edgar here. And, again, this isn't just a numbers value. Like, you could have made the previous argument with a line swinging. Um, the dog stayed dog and the king stayed king to, you know, quote uh, some uh, little bit of butchering of uh, the wire there. But, Ooh. My hat hurts. That's not good. Um, but uh, as uh, as I look closer to this matchup, again, it's just styles make fights and cage size. And speaking of unique stats, you have to go back and look. You can't just read Tough Finale or a Fight Night because not all of them use the small cage, folks. Um, like I've said on other podcasts before, uh, little historical reminders and tidbits. Um, but, like, yeah, uh, once we got into the big Fox era... It was active decision from the UFC brass and Dana to use the big cage whenever possible for advertising looks. They just, again, I mean, you kind of look, right, what they're grooming, not just to get on Fox, but what they're grooming to the sale. Like, it all, you know, the, the, the uniforms, in hindsight, we saw it's really easy to see what, what their plan was now, right? And, hey, especially to Lorenzo, right? Good on you. You cashed out, brother. Um, but, like, that's kind of where they were going. So not all those are small cages. You, you have to go back and watch the footage, which, of course, you know your boy did. And Frankie Edgar is 4-0 and in fighting in the small octagon. Um, I don't have it written down here, but let's see if I can remember off my my head. I think the first one was Hermes Franca. Um, I know he's lost to Grey or UFC Fight Night 13. Shouts to that one. That actually wasn't. Um, that was a bit bigger. I don't know if it was full regulation, but it definitely wasn't like the small cage. Um, shoots, I'm gonna have to skip ahead. Uh, to it was uh, it wasn't BJ Penn on the third one. Um, Pedro Munoz, of course, his last one. Uh, shoot, Jesus Christ, I even answered somebody on this. I'm gonna have to cheat and look, folks. I'm sorry. Um, it was another tall guy too, wasn't it? It was. Uh, there were some decisions in there. Um, sorry, I know it's not the greatest podcasting, but it was. Um, oh, yeah, Matt Beach, of course. Matt Beach earned his title shot. Hermes Franca, and. Hermes Franca, Matt Beach. Uh, Pedro Munoz, and. Holy crap, why am I like, drawing a blank on the, Oh, Chad Mendez. Chad Mendez, duh. I'm stupid people shouting at the podcast i'm usually that guy and now i'm doing it to you guys i'm sorry um but yeah the point is like he um he's four and a lot of different style matchups there but against taller guys um you needed to have really good wrestling and scrambling against the cage decent clench and some good guillotines to threaten with benson henderson who could fight it lightweight in 170 had that in spades right uh, Max Holloway, underrated different styling, but had the guillotine submission threat. Uh also had better counter wrestling than Sanhagen. No offense to Sanhagen. Um So when you look at those, it's kinda crazy. It's like I'm just like, wow, okay. And Sanhagen, I know thirty three percent takedown offense. I'm not for those stats, the the, the lazy man stats <laughs> that you know, most of us tend to cite. I do it too, don't get me wrong. Not not hate not throwing shade, just 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 saying. Um but there's some accuracy to that, you know um, it's more about keeping like I read in the breakdown it's more about keeping San Hagen down and I love his scrambling ability like the Rafael Sanzal fight is some of my favorite scrambles and shows why I love both those fighters and I'm a big elevation fight team guy shout out to Sean Madden uh, I believe I was it not Daryl Christensen, that's the wrestling guy himself oh my gosh, I'm going to mess up the names now, the other striking coach um, but yeah, obviously the fighters there are great um, it's nothing, nothing, and I'm a big Sanhagen fan. I love this, interviewing this dude when I was on Junkie Radio. One of my favorite interviews, because he's really unique, nice guy. Um, but this is just more of a style thing, and like I wrote in the Aljo fight, um, it's not just Aljo as a wrestler, and it was the small cage. Again, another fighter return as favor, heavily favored, to return against a bad stylistic matchup, um, in a small cage, a bad stylistic fit, and thirdly, the same place, that they suffered their last loss against right whereas frankie edgar even if he wasn't coming off a win you think Frankie Eger cares he, he's coming in and he's fighting no matter what it, nothing's gonna bother that guy right um hell the dude doesn't even <laughs> the dude doesn't even believe, believe the coronavirus but that's not it's all another story <laughs> anti Vexer. uh what <laughs> oh, Jesus, jesus You he's up in trouble uh, just saying, he uh, he said it in a recent interview. His words, not mine, folks. He said he's done with COVID. So, all right. I mean, guy takes the shots he does. Like I, I, I'm guessing he thinks he's he just bounced back. Uh, but yeah, hopefully this fight doesn't get canceled. <laughs> but no. But um, putting all that aside, right? You got to look at this fight stylistically, and and yeah, um, it's just the way that he scrambles, he kind of tripods up, and yeah, against a wrestler who. Yes, Frank Yeager can take it back, but more importantly, he re-wrestles into the hips, he'll hit mat returns for days, and the guy can really work really well off a front headlock choke. Um, and he's just a really good scrambler all around. Amazing submission defense. So I don't like that, man, in the small cage. You know what I'm saying? And San Hagen's got a lot of good shots to Ed Gallo on the Wrestling for May podcast, like Anti-Wrestling. Um, he can throw knees. He'll throw jump flying knees even. Uh, he throws... Um, calf kicks which aren't anti-wrestling but it's a good move to throw against edgar he really wasn't checking them too well although he can counter off them uh he can counter kicks in general that's always been his mo but you know even just hitting counter right hands and he showed that um against muñoz in his last fight at this weight class and i know muñoz isn't the fastest guy but i liked what frankie looked like overall he looks still well intact i know i'm picking a 40 year old bantamweight that's not confident you don't have to follow me off this cliff folks Um, but, um, but yeah, like, I just, even though he's got the good, back to the anti-wrestling, the good anti-wrestling, and he's just, even his distancing on his calf kicks in the last three fights have been better, if you really look at it, right? Like, everything is improving, as they should with Sanhagen. Um, he has uppercuts, that's gonna be his best friend. It is always your best friend when you're facing Frank Yeager. Uppercuts is the common culprit in his defeats, hard fights, knockdowns, etc. Um, so he could definitely hit one of those. Um, however... Most of it's like frustrating slash attritive to set you up for the big shot. So unless he hits one of those slick uppercuts, I don't see him having enough time to play in space to hit one of those spinning hook uh, hook kicks. In fact, you look at Yair throw it, and one of the things maybe Yair does better than, one of the only things I would give credit to Yair doing better than Sanhagen besides just being a better athlete, which he is, um, is the taekwondo kicking because that's where, even though San Hagen looks like he has a bit, especially earlier, uh, has a bit of traditional stylings. He really doesn't, I think he might have done a little bit of, like, kids karate, like nothing serious. Um, You know, I I believe, I I know he did, like, the WAKA kickboxing, but, like, as far as traditional stylings, uh, yeah, your credit, where credit's due, he's um, a longtime Taekwondo black belt, right? And he throws literally the exact same setup. Granted, he didn't bust you know unfortunately for yair he didn't bust frankie edgar's orbital like Marlon marais was dealing with which could have dealt with the vision for the shot spin kick landing but yair literally throws the same setup at ufc 211 which i pick frankie one of the shots the mma analysis i know they always reference that as one of the biggest gift lines but you know i'd be lying if i wasn't nervous for edgar in those spots right when those <laughs> spin kicks were throwing even though i was on edgar big there um and they're not the same fighters, and again, I'm not trying to say that because I just said i give the check boxes to Sanhagen over Yager and every other thing. But we've seen Edgar defend those. Now, Edgar has been hit by stuff from that left side before, like Jeremy Stevens, you know, the more basic switch kicks, so look for that from Sanhagen. Um, however, I don't know if the Small Cage or Frankie Edgar's Honey Badger stylings, it's never gone away. Good performance is bad. Wins or losses, he always has come in the fight for your money, right? That is one thing you can count on. I don't think he's going to have that time and place to sp- uh, time or place uh, to get his favorite space in the small cage and for just three rounds, which his last three-round fight, Frankie Edgar's, might be. You know um, that UFC 211 aforementioned fight that people reference. However, again, not only do I warn people not to parallel. Uh, yeah, year with Sanhagen, because Sanhagen is just way better, way better, in my opinion, uh, technically skilled as a fighter, uh, but uh, also not to write off him because of the Aljo fight, it was a bad stylistic matchup, and even though you look at the setup, it was some world, cl- I know Rogan abuses the world class, or, you know, it was some world class setup right there, a back playing game from Aljo, man, it was so beautiful, the way he was parlaying grips, into uh, choking positions. Oh my goodness! Like even if Sanhagen was on point, I, I would have been a hard. This was it was going to be a hard night for him stylistically and, and specifically what he did. Okay. Secondly, all fighters are going to say this, right? Like um, Dan Hooker did against Chandler. Like I didn't feel like I had a chance to get in there and fight. And I get that. And I'm not taking anything away from that. In fact, I'll even grant Sanhagen some truth there. I do believe he is much better than what he showed against Aljo. Um, so even if you are on my side and you're picking or playing Edgar, don't use just that Aljo fight and, like, write him off. Like, Sanhagen is a legit Brazilian jiu-jitsu brown belt. What did he show me in that Asun Sao fight? Um, however, Asun Sao not the and scrambler, and the guy who just makes money off of these guys like Frankie Edgar does, that's traditionally been his M.O., um slicing and dicing world-class dangerous guys not afraid to shoot on chucky olives that's right chucky olives not charles get it right folks and credit where credit's due the mma analysis for that one um but um but yeah uh so I'm, I'm, I'm gonna take edgar here um just stylistically it's got it written all over it man um if i'm wrong if i'm wrong uh i'm happy i'll be super happy for Hagen. a and b uh, with a number like plus 325, you don't have to uh, lay much to uh, get much. So I'm going to be sprinkling on dogs, which is pretty much my theme here, for warning folks. Um, although there won't be no dog action on this next one. Cody Stamen, minus 470, uh, Asker, Asker, plus 375. I admittedly didn't do any tape study really on Asker, Asker. Um, doesn't have a ton of uh, stuff on his bio that jumps out. Um, and. Cody Stammen was training for Marab, so you know he's tip-top shape. He's going to want to be showing stuff. And I'm going to be rooting for Cody, man. I'm sure he's got a lot of demons to get out of the basement with, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, like many of us, man, we're all dealing with with some kind of loss or family issues, and he, he... definitely had to deal with some loss of his own so of course i'm very sympathetic to that Uh, i know he's worked with my guy eric nixick shout out to him Uh, i'm not sure if he'll be in the corner we'll see uh but i'm gonna take Stamen, obviously open and got juiced all the hell um and uh i don't know what the decision props looking like but you know maybe the decision prop but who knows i'm hoping Stamen really puts the gas on it Uh, On a short-notice opponent. Um, Diego Fajeda still holding as the favorite. Minus 115. Benil Darius, minus 105. Not too far from the opener. This opened tight as, like, it should be. Uh, It should be tight. Both guys should deserve uh, zero respect. Uh, However, maybe people are seeing what I see. Do you see what I see? Uh, Dog money on Darius. Uh, And uh, I was able to snatch it at one house, not the other. Don't know if I'll get it back, but I will pull the trigger if I do. Um otherwise not worth touching because it's such a close fight and I do genuinely like both guys. I will be taking Daryush here. I can see why fajeda is favored despite losing the rematch. I'm a big safe Sayud and Fortis MMA guy. I love this revival that Diego Fajeta's been on. All respect. Definitely not underestimating it. Definitely respect to those guys. Um I hate picking against that team, by the way. Um but like stylistically, this is neither have really fought in the small cage, but I suspect it'll serve Benil Daryush well. Leo has always obviously been a uh, he started off as a grappler who got better at Muay Thai uh under Rafael Cordero but he's always had deceptively good cage wrestling like maneuvering wrestling trips uh all of the above passing and advancing in the scrambles against the cage tough tight spots with dexterity um and even though Carlos Diego Fajeda has improved that part of the game do not sleep I'm not I am not sleeping on it I do not think it's better, though. I do not think he is, even though he looks like he's put some uh, some work in the strength and conditioning department, let's just say. Uh, I, I'm not sold that he's going to be the stronger fighter. I think the mentality here is the run that Fiat has been on um, and the fact that his losses have aged well. He is 0-2 against Southpaws, but yes, one of those Southpaws is against Benil Darius in their original match where... Fajeda did take it on short notice for what that's worth, folks. He flurries early, and then essentially the wrestling and grappling and top control that I'm kind of alluding to and getting to now from Darius took over, okay? That was that fight down in Brazil, I believe. Um, short notice again for Fajeda. And then he loses to Dustin Poirier for his second southpaw and only other career loss, right? Uh, obviously, the Poirier loss has aged very well, and he's been on an impressive run since with one USADA interruption aside. Um, oh, no, he also beat Alban Mercier. So he is 1-2 and two against UFC-level softballs. My apologies uh, to both Fahita and OAM, who I love. Um, but, yeah, so uh, he's got that going for him. But, again, um, I don't know. I don't think he's the better wrestler. And Darius is... I have to face really good wrestlers. Like, uh, even though he's not a wrestler by trade, he's you know, according to American Top Team, when he was there, one of the hardest guys to take down in the mats, Rashid Magomedov. Who that lone victory there, Yush has over him, I rate that higher than both. Um, Fajeda's not taking anything with Fajeda, by the way. Uh, wins over Rustam Khabilov, who people are always hot and cold on, and I don't think any of us are really fair on Khabilov um and uh, Marybe Tysamov who I've all been suspect and trying to fade and regardless of if you agree with me or not um, he uh, busted his train of hype and uh kind of wasted it which is sad you know and no shade to the guy and perhaps it wasn't his fault with all these visa issues I don't know I know it gets really sketchy when we're talking about Chechens um and I'm not throwing shade at the Chechens by the way some of the best fighters tough tough people. Uh, just unfortunately, with the politics and you know the dictators, um, it really taints that. So it's it's tough. Um, but anyways, neither here nor there. Uh, I, I rate Benil Dariush's wins very high. Uh, obviously been more of a striker. You do worry that he's falling in love with his hands. So I guess the logic, like I was saying, is that Benil comes out strong. But if he doesn't get the finish, does he gas himself? Kind of like the Dunham fight that ended in a draw. Amf- or Fejeda Faheg- 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 can take over. Uh, I don't blame that logic, except, aside from that draw, Dariush has won every fight that's ever gone on the scorecards on his career. Not that it means he's impervious to judges' decision, obviously, folks. Just saying that's kind of a neat tidbit, right? Um, So, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Benil Dariush here. Um, If you get plus money, great. Otherwise, I'd be careful about really playing this fight. This is just a fight that I'm excited about. Um, If I don't get a chance to play it in my other house for dog money, I won't be butthurt about it because it's just a fun fight. Um, speaking of past opponents, uh, at least one of the guys, we've got Michael Johnson, minus 225. I know people still argue about that. Benil Dariush fight. Uh, comeback on Clay Guida, plus 185. This is an easy avoid for me, man. I know Johnson is, you know, um, his MO is winning fights that he shouldn't win and or winning fights that he's supposed to win and then giving away to submission. Um, so anything north of 2-1 to on Johnson is immediately... You know should immediately be out of play for you and no disrespect i'm a big for michael johnson fan man he's cashed at like uh some big plus odds dating back to edson barbosa for me so uh, and and gleason t bow like I, I those were two big cash dog cashes for me back in the day um so i got love for michael johnson but um you, you can't bet him at two to one so then let's look at clay to like that's a wrestler he's a grinder he makes his money off like exposing these guys However, Guida is, man, I mean, you want to, you know, I know I'm picking an older guy than Frankie Edgar, but you want to talk about Miles, man. Guida's got pff, more Miles for sure. I mean, he was fighting for strike force titles before against Josh Thompson before Frankie Edgar was even in the UFC. Maybe even before Frankie Edgar started his career. You know what I'm saying? Like, Clay Guida's got fucking Miles for the uninformed. Um, but the thing is... Clay Guida hasn't gotten a submission win in over a decade. Um, not since Takanora Gomi, I believe, at a fight that I was at, UFC 125, of course. Frankie Edgar put on a great fight there, held the wall. Held the he, he, he hold the door, hold door, held the door with a draw against Gray Maynard in their rematch, UFC 125 resolution. That is the last time Clay Guida's gotten a submission win, folks. Um, it's Clay Guida is usually the one being submitted, so... Uh, I'm gonna go with Michael Johnson here and I'm gonna pick him by knockout, but in no way am I confident and I am not touching this is number one on my avoid list. Uh next fight's also my avoid list because I didn't tape it and the line seems off. You got a similar spread. You got Mike Rodriguez minus two thirty-five, uh Danilo Marquez plus one ninety-five. Um you know, I-, I like Mike Rodriguez's style. It's a it's a you know sexy long striker style, so maybe that's why he's always getting love. You know, I know people always like, why is he a big, I, I get it, I don't know why he's a big favorite too, so like, I absolutely agree with anybody who's tweeting that, definitely not coming at you, but also, you know, again, back to my point about y'all MMA gambling Twitter, like, <laughs> you know, whether, it, it doesn't have to be you in particular, but it, it, it is the degenerates that, uh, you know, hey, I'm a part of too, look at this podcast, folks, I'm, I'm no better, but uh, it is a result of the degenerates, and y'all, y'all love for the sexy striker. Um... <laughs> At least that's my thing. Danilo Marquez, though, has got more Brazilian jiu-jitsu creds, it looks like, than Mike Rodriguez, his blue belt that he credits himself with, and more importantly came up because his faja was a boxer, kind of like someone else on here, I believe. Um, but he actually has like uh, some boxing accolades, amateur albeit, Danilo Marquez. So uh, it looks like he has more boxing than Mike Rodriguez's Muay Thai on his on paper record for whatever that's worth. So do we get some boxing and Muay Thai and whoever has the better jujitsu? But you also don't want to overrate Danilo Marquez because he was coming off, right? Wasn't he pretty inactive? But he, and he beat Kadis Bragimov who is a, uh, just a joke, one of the worst fighters. He's up there at the Benicio Momoheda level. No disrespect, but just got to call it what it is. So you don't want to overvalue that either. So I get it. I'm going to pick Mike Rodriguez. Of course, um... I'm curious to see if Tyson Chardier is in the corner. I, I believe he manages him. But uh I'm definitely so I'll, I'll be rooting for Mike, but uh I'm definitely staying away. It's definitely on my avoid list. Um Timor Valley minus 370. Martin Day plus 310. Um a little bit of money came in day in the opener, but now he's back over three to one. And I think he'll stay there. He'll probably get inflated even higher as we get closer to fight time because Timor Valiev. Have- He's Dagestani, he's got the dogfight team on the sure dog profile. If people even choose to look that far, maybe they just see that it's a Russian dude and they're, they're betting him. Or maybe they go even beyond the sure dog profile and knowing that he's Russian and they see that he's training with Frankie Edgar again, right, over there in that jersey camp. Um, and he's going to be my pick here, folks. I ain't hating. But his entries are a bit wild. And uh, even though it was from a different stance, as Trevin Jones is a southpaw and he got caught with a lead, right hook, not a check a lead right hook, um, and he threw, uh, maybe it wasn't even a lead, because Trevin Jones is so fast, but it looks like he throws away the two, and then comes back with the which is even sexier, oh my good, that's real sexy striking right there, good on you, Trevin Jones, uh, but both. But uh, I still warn because both these guys were in similar predicaments, um, and they didn't lose for gassing, even though Timur Valiev, we remember it that way, because there was a couple of those fights that night, where the guy you know, shot the proverbial wide, trying to get the finish, and then got finished. Um, Valiev still looked fresh. He just looked overexcited, and his entries can be a bit wild. Um, he can throw setups, but still ultimately kind of will shuffle in and end up kicking naked. Uh, in the sense that there was no real punches, and it's still very counterable. And I know Martin Day got knocked out by Davy. Hello there, Davey. That's right, Davey. Grant the most creepiest voice in this podcast. Uh, yeah, no, that is creepy. And that was also unexpected for Davey to hit that. Um, and it was very bad, right? You, okay, you got to worry about this guy's chin for sure. Not telling you not to. But keep in mind, Martin Day also almost finished his guy, too. Not once, but twice. The first time, he counters a kick with a right hand. Very relevant, again, for what I just said and what we saw of Timur Valiev, right? He's got power. This fight is a catch weight that I believe is going to be. Um, At one was it 145 or 140 145 So Valiev usually fights at 135 And that catch weight that he lost was at 140 This is at 145 Which is going to benefit Day Now Day is a 135 or two But I think he should be fighting more at 145 He's really big and long And you look at the chin things And if you look at his kickboxing accolades And the titles that he won before getting an MMA Those were at 145 pounds So they're going to be fighting at that weight um, so for that reason, I'll be picking Valiev, but I'm. I, I, this is dog or pass to me, man. I mean, and even if you did it is dog, like you again for the big odds and kind of chin you're betting on, kind of like with the Edgar fight, you just sprinkle light, right? Whether you're picking him or not, because because stylistically, there's definitely a way here. Um, he's I know the chin is like a big flag, but again, Valiev can be hurt too, and he's a much more wider striker. He's not as tight. Um, you know, so that is, that is something to, uh, that is something to think about, um, oh, by the way, really quick, back to the Sanhagen-Egger fight, I forgot to bring this up, shout out to Aaron Bronstetter, TSN MMA show, another reason why you gotta listen to that, and the interviews, I didn't listen to the Joe Valtellini one, but I listened to the interview edition, and, uh, Sanhagen, I was, I found, there's a good and a bad, good news is he's got Steel Chapin in training camp, who's that guy who looks like he, uh, helped Willow, Willow on the first part of his homage, uh, Dustin Ortiz. That's right. Jesus damn, Get your ass kicked. Making making major jokes. Uh, but <laughs> um, but not not the worst, you know. Especially for wrestling and scrambling. Uh, uh to be like a training partner for Sanhagen, which is great. However, um, Sanhagen did uh, say so himself. He admittedly doesn't have that many people, um, in that range, weight class or size to train with. So, give and take there, right? Um. Also, um. And Tanenagan doesn't feel like a guy; he's too smart, and doesn't seem like his style to boast. So I don't think it's a misdirection thing. But Aaron laid it out pretty well. It's like Frankie Edgar is hard to finish, but you're a finisher. You're gonna, you see, your, I'm, I'm sure you see himself, yourself finishing him, right? And that's a pretty layup question. But like Aaron is very smart, and there's a lot of layers to it if you're paying attention. He's saying if the fighter is gonna out himself on a certain level for people like me, and and hopefully you, if you're really doing your homework and trying to pay attention to see where these fighters' heads are at. Um, and essentially Sanhagen says he doesn't see him knocking Edgar out and he is you know it's good to be prepared to go to decision but sees it going to decision and in fact he says that's troubling A but he adds on and says I see him submitting him more than anything and I'm like um the the guy that like that BJ Penn in his prime couldn't submit and Charles Oliveira uh despite Frankie shooting in and on a bunch of times couldn't submit Although Charles Oliveira actually had a guillotine on him tightly in a round two, another story for another day. Um, but you know what I'm saying? Like, um, you know, who 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 who's, who's submitted Frankie Edgar? Nobody. That's who. Nobody. Um, so that's really disturbing that he wants to be the first person to do that. Uh, Edgar even shot, even though he did most of it in round two and got away from it, different style matchup, shot a bunch on Pedro Munoz too. I mean, the guillotine fucking captain, Right. Um, so that really worries me, man, and I like Sanhagen, he's a smart kid, um, but even if the submission thing was gamesmanship, I felt like there was a lot of truth into what he said, whether he believes it or not, that Frankie Edgar is a durable guy, right, and this fight could go to decision, and if you're a Sanhagen fan and picking him here, it's like, if this fight goes to the decision, does that mean, like, Frankie Edgar is just, he's just striking in space the whole time, not getting knocked out, and not going for takedown subsequently, like... Come on, one of those two are going to happen. Um, so, I, I, I anyway, sorry, I know I keep going back to that fight. And, like, I love San Hagen, I do. I just I can't get that out of my head. But, um, Timor and Valiev and Evan Day. Yeah, I'm going to pick Timor and, yeah, the, the Day thing. Um, I probably may sprinkle on him light if this line keeps going up because it's a dogger pass in my eye. Uh, not dogger pass is Carol Hosa minus 245 and Jocelyn excuse me, Edwards, plus 205. Again, she's got like the sexy stylings, going for submissions and strikes, but she still needs that MMA melding, Jocelyn Edwards, to kind of put it together. And there's a lot of promise there, and I think she will. And I think she will turn those corners. Um, I don't think she turns the corner immediately, especially against a girl who seems to be the antithesis. Um, Carol Hosa outranks her. Uh, she recently got her Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. She's no longer a brown belt like an older broadcast said. And she's been committing and uh, competing in placing since she was like a blue or purple belt level. Um, she's been doing Jiu-Jitsu since she was a young girl. But more importantly, she looks to have a really good feel for the striking. And strikes on all layers at range with kicks, leg kicks, will throw in knees, whether she's entering or leaving the pocket Uh, and placing punches all through and in between. I really love what I see from Carol Hosa. It's very consistent. She can keep a high output. She doesn't get tired. She doesn't throw herself out of position, which means she gives up very little takedowns and is hard to take down. She is definitely also going to be the bigger and more physical girl. Um, I don't like chalk at all on this card, but if you're going to go with a parlay piece, she is one that I may pair with somebody for even money. So uh, stay tuned tuned on that um next fight Devonte smith minus 300 justin james plus 250 Jane's coming in last minute uh, of course he's been posting on my ig feed uh or i've been seeing him on my ig feed for a couple weeks now getting back into training almost like he knew to, something was going to come up which is good and Jane's typically does better at these last minute spots i mean we've seen him at 55 and 45 um tend to go too hard in the beginning and kind of start to gas out right even on quote-unquote full camps or as much of a full camp as you can get in this pandemic era. Uh, however, there's really tough style matchups. And against, like, anybody getting connected with that Benitez knee, right, is um is going down for one. And then two, um, he comes in on short notice, beats Frank Camacho, and then the UFC asks him to immediately turn around while he's in, like, you know, barely can celebrate in the mood mode, and has to cut the one forty-five, which really kills him. I think James is a tweener, but tweeners will ultimately be better, especially in this pandemic era, short notice fights, fighting up higher away class, and Devontae Smith. I love Devontae Smith. Both these guys have been on the line movement, Octagon Outlook. Shouts to James Lynch and and that show. Um, love both these guys, Devontae Smith especially. He's just so damn genuine, man. He's you know he's definitely got that kind of like flavor, flavor vibe kind of. Like, Boy, and he's just like, but you like when you listen to him talk, like he's such a genuine dude. Like, you can't help but root for Devontae Smith. Um, that being said, bias aside, no way you can justify paying over three minus three to one for Devontae Smith. He's not fought in the pandemic era. He is coming off over a year layoff, has proved that he can be touched himself. He also is not proven and can be suspect in later rounds, so it's not like it's a stylistic antithesis. Um, and Jane's. Say what you will about, criticize what you will about the gas tank, uh, you know this guy's gonna fight for your money. Uh, so at these odds, you bet your ass um, I sprinkled. It's bias. You don't gotta follow me off the cliff, but if you do, if you see what I see, you can uh, sprinkle for v- uh, very little to 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 get a decent return at this mod. So um, I'm taking shots on dogs across the board, uh, but again, I'm um, uh, I'm trying to smartly measure what I give across, you know, so that. You know, I only need maybe two dogs to hit to make my night, no matter how any of my other bets go. You know, that's kind of the way I'm setting this up. Uh, Maybe even with, uh, might get a little dangerous and throw some chalk in here. If I do this, pull the trigger on the second leg. Got to research it more. It is not Molly McCann, minus 145, Laura Procopio, plus 125. However, um, if this line gets any tighter, I may play some McCann. I think McCann is definitely the better boxer. Uh, I like her transitional game. But and the Tyler Santos one's a weird one, cause Santos didn't fight at all against a girl who was not that great in Mara Romero Borella, and then she like turns up like super athlete Barbosa mode, um, against McCann, and McCann hung tough in there. But you know it was a different fighter than we all saw on tape, so uh, I don't, I'd be careful about condemning Molly McCann off of that. Um, performance she's bounced back before she uh, is, is kind of a, is a, is a spunky one and she looks to be in some good shape coming back into this one she has also fought in the pandemic era was laura procopio kind of like Devonte smith similar layoff over one year has not fought in this pandemic era um uh, so that's going to be the big question. Procopio does have a jujitsu advantage on paper. I don't believe she's a, br- a black belt, but I believe she's a brown belt, and actually has been competing since like a blue or purple belt, uh, for what that's worth. And kind of like Carol Hosa, uh, as you could see, she has a natural feel for the striking. She just wasn't as clean of a striker as Hosa, um, even though Hosa was more varied uh, than McCann. I do believe that McCann will be the more cleaner striker, uh, and has the output to go three rounds. Um, so as long as she doesn't get caught speeding on the ground or give up easy takedowns, uh, I think McCann can get this. It will be in the smaller cage, and there's a lot we don't know about Procopio, who looks game and is you know, you know, she's got some uh, uh, some uh, you know some some physicalness to her too. So we'll see. Uh, but uh, yeah, pick his pick McCann, but uh, no action. Manel Cape minus 105. Tightening up, um, Alexandre Pantoja minus one fifteen. This is another uh, one I like that I was going to stay away from, but I may actually be writing up this one now uh, if the line movement keeps going that way. Again, Cape he fits a lot, He's so athletic and explosive, and sexy striker. Uh, so he he checks the boxes for you know what better's like. Um, and Pantoja, you know, as much as I'm on Pantoja mark, I, you know, I got to call it as I see it. He is not inspired confidence to be betting on, um, much less as a favorite, right? So at the opener or the higher price that he was, I definitely get staying away as I have. However, if he goes to even money, not just dog money, but even even money, I may pull the trigger here because, um, Manel Cape, I, you know, watched a couple times on Risen. I'm not familiar with him too familiar, but now that I have to do tape on him, I went back to watch and I liked what I saw he too is the other guy on this list who his father i'm not a boxing person obviously but his father was pretty decently accomplished um he is from portugal he fights out of portugal um, which is to its credit producing more mma fighters and he looks kind of like a wrestle boxer but he's like a brown belt in jiu-jitsu looks like he recently got it but he's very willing wrestler and a willing submission guy and i don't like that here um i've seen him jump for guillotines uh, jump for submissions he hits his best takedowns when he's rocked, oddly enough, which is kind of problematic, for one, um, and for two, he's even like given up top position and dropped to his back for guillotines a bunch of times. Like, uh, I don't like that against a guy like Pantoja, um, especially when your like main form of losing is by um, submission. Manel Cape, right? Um, luckily for Cape, he is not to sound like lazily racist, but like he does seem. Like, he's got just some inherent conditioning and athleticism to carry him through fights where he's not getting tired, or at least he recovers quickly. So he still, I still give him, for sure, give him the cardio edge over Pantoja, even with it being his UFC debut. But, like, again, in the small cage and his willingness to grapple, I feel like, the worry is Pantoja has over his hands and, and gets too into slugging. We well, tried to grapple last time, but Ask Askaroff, I mean, shoot, shout-out to Shaq from Half the Battle. You want to talk about Team Weasel. That guy's a freaking weasel. He looks like a weasel, too. I mean, that guy's weaseling scorecards left and right. I mean, him and Tiago Moises, top guys, I'm looking to fade. They're riding a little too high and a little bit too deceptive of their... You know, I know we can all play that revisionist history game and I try not to, but boy are they asking for it. Anyways, another time, another time. Um, but Pantoja will grapple, and even if he doesn't and he's dead set on striking, again, like the small cage, the action, the craziness, uh, plus the willing wrestling and submission game submission part of the game of Cape, like I can see him giving that and I don't unless you're like Dustin Ortiz, like or that level, like I don't like you scrambling with a guy like Pantoja. Um so even though I dangerously say this and it actually did happen, or it should have happened at least for one of the rounds against Askarov, uh, but I could totally see Cape giving his back because kind of like with Sanhagen, he 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 tripods when he when he does get up, he inherently tripods, um, and that's gonna give you know gets one one of the best back takers in any division, really, not just flyweight, in any division. Pantoja like okay, so especially with my man Jucie Formiga sadly gone, like Pantoja is one of the best back takers in that division. Um, I feel like he's gonna be asking for the wrong type of fight. So again, kind of like I warned with Dan Hooker Even though I'd picked him to get wrestled I was one of the only people warning that everyone's talking about Chandler's chin You got to be sometimes more worried uh, toward the end after the mileage is accrue for the guys who have durable chins And are in all these wars because it could start dropping off, like, out of nowhere, right? So, we'll see if that happens to Pantosia. I wasn't going to take a shot, but if this minus 115 gets any lower, you know I'm playing my guy Pantoja. Um, This next fight is another stay away. I saw some people on Rivera, and I'm like, that's it definitely looks like a dog or pass off first view, so I don't blame that. But when I look closer, I don't like this matchup at all. That's O'Day, Osborne, Osborne, Spider-Man, sorry, and <laughs> Defoe breaking the glass. Does Willem Dafoe like break a glass almost in every movie? Like if I was an actor, especially like a Willem Dafoe, like I would I would like either have it written in or I would just force it in somehow. Like to break a glass. So like my hardcore So like hardcore followers, like every time I was in a movie, like even if it was a small role or a big movie, like they would just be waiting and waiting and break the glass and like people would pop for it, like Ah, yes. And then there'd be like three people in the theater and everyone else would be like, what the fuck are those guys doing? Wow, Dan, that was a really random thought that you stored up. Okay, but um, Osborne, see how easy I get off track. Minus 210, uh, Jerome Rivera, plus 175. Gave Rivera a, a contender series grade of B. These are both contender series guys and I do the grading the winner series, of course, on uh O'Day Osborne got an A um, as he was in a Southpaw versus Southpaw matchup. I didn't go through their whole careers, but relevantly within like their last five fights and all their top-level fights, um, they are one-and-one. One actually, Jerome Rivera is like one-and-two against UFC Southpaws. He beat that Latchman character. Um, he lost to uh, Big Fig in his last fight, and then he also lost uh, Royville in the TKO injury fight, LFA, right? Um Whereas uh, Ode Osborne um, fought a southpaw versus southpaw matchup in his contender series fight, but um, just like, and that's the thing, just like Rivera, the south, the one, the one relevant southpaw versus southpaw fight they won, um, it was both by submission, so it wasn't like they were, you know, uh, doing it on the feet. That being said, I do believe both their styles translate. Rivera's because he likes to kick, and now he's going to have leg kicks more open than the typical open stance targets that he likes to abuse. However, he is very counterable off of kicks, um, both when he got knocked out by Nam and even just the hard shots that um, Big Fig, who was gassing, was able to hit on him and isn't the biggest puncher, like his brother, right? So, Ode Osborne, he kind of has that Conor McGregor athletic feel, came out with it. If he keeps that same energy and is able to defend t- downs better uh, or control the wrestling better, then I think he has this because... You know that takedown defense that he showed in his at the end of his con, or not the end at that at at one part of his contender series fight, and then of course in the Kellerher fight, which led to his demise in that one, is definitely uncomfortable. But it's like, dude, the guy's wrestled in high school and wrestled in college. Like he knows how to wrestle. Um, but he also is, you know, was boasting about his guard even you know before his even before he got that. Uh, contender series sub from his guard so it, maybe it's one of those things like he's too comfortable there and hopefully that Keller her thing was like a wake up call because for I don't want to diss the guy or whatever like as bad as like Drum Rivera's wrestling is like he's a willing grappler and that might be enough to beat a guy like Ode Osborne especially if you're a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu brown belt like Rivera is right whereas Oda Osborne at least is listed as a purple belt for what that's worth um, but I don't know. The wrestling is just not enough to sell me with the chin. And again, what's my trend, whether it's the Montel Jacksons or the Sean O'Malley's, uh, whether they're gassing or they're just getting injured or knocked out or falling apart. It's these guys, they're cutting too much weight, right? These tall guys when they try to make the lower weight classes, right? Which is why you should leave some room to be surprised for day at 145, like I said earlier, right? These tall guys when they're cutting a lot of weight. there's There's so much of your body percentage you're giving up when you're, you know, Guys to make middleweight have a hard time cutting 20 pounds, and there's some guys trying to attempt those cuts, like Figueredo, right? At fly weight. The difference is it's just so much bigger of a percentage of your body weight. It's so not good. That's why knockouts to random injuries to gassing all happen. Like, there's a reason why I'm fading these guys, and I'm usually on the right side of it, folks. Um, so, for that reason, I will pick Osborne, but in no way am I confident. In no way should he be worth that price. Um, I get it if it's dogger dog or pass for you, but for me, I think you should just pass on this fight altogether. Uh, next fight, Yusuf Suala, minus 245, uh, Wu Choi, plus 205. Uh, Seng Wu Choi, like no crazy taekwondo things that you would like stereotype from his area in his bio. Just a guy who kind of, uh, came out of the shoot in the MMA scene. You know, uh, tough Korean, well-trained, well-rounded. Um, these are, aren't lazy, nor are they bad stereotypes to have. Um, they're very true with the korean fighters uh however i don't disagree with the price even though Zalau literally opened at like minus 150 or something a lot closer um the on you if you were able to get that straight play in i think it was worth the straight play there as uh, allows well around it as well except um i don't think he'll be bothered as much by the size parity i don't think he's that reliant on it although it certainly does help him for his when he wants to stick and move more Uh, However, I do feel that he'll be the better uh, grappler. Um, He won't have that grappling and wrestling threat. Again, Ilya Torporia is for people paying attention. Um, I know I I was high on him. Uh, Ed Gallo and my co-host Dan Levy, I think we were the only people that were... We were the only three that I, I saw in the space really saying anything about this guy before he showed up. And so he's legit. Trust us. Trust us. He's legit. Um... Does that mean saying Wu can't win? Does that mean this fight can get too inflated? Sure. But if you do pair Zala with Carol Hossa, it's like pretty much even money. Um, so that's what I'm considering. I didn't pull the trigger on it. not saying you should. I'm just, as I always am on this podcast, transparent in what I'm thinking and what I'm playing. So as we go over an hour uh, more than I wanted to uh, for the breakdown and more than I wanted to for the intro, we'll wrap it up here. Uh, again, I try to keep these. I, I don't want to make these too lengthy and... It's hard enough as it is being a that was one thing i noticed with like a lot of the podcasts i noticed like not many solo hosts so i'm pretty proud of that uh but at the same time i do wonder you know i do love the top five shows with the co-hosts and it's a great excuse to interchange them but like with this show at least maybe the betting part or overall be better with a permanent co-host i don't know i'm gonna bounce that off you listeners though so i wanted to bring that up that was a another good point of reflection from all this um uh, you know, because, you know, I don't mind being the uh, the Bill Burr of MMA podcast, but I'm the only person that calls myself the Bill Burr of MMA podcast. So it doesn't really, that isn't really that glorified. <laughs> Anyways, let me know if you guys like the uh, the Bill Burr version, so to speak, or you uh, you think this thing needs a co host like every other podcast, pretty much. Um, you let me know. All right, recapping picks and plays from the top taking. Oh, by the way, <laughs> should I? I don't want to out these stories. Oh, my God. Fuck it. That's another reason why you listen to this podcast, because you get unique stories, and it's not because I'm trying to like name drop or whatever or anything uh, about training stories, but I will drop those. These ones aren't that though. Um, however, I do know somebody that may or may not have uh, trained at a gym. Uh, Overeem has trained at. Let's just say I don't want to give it give him away. Give away with We'll say one of the American United States gyms, because that opens up the board, right? And uh, he may or may not have walked walked in on Overeem butt na- butt ass naked, just flexing in front of the mirror. Just, just like American cycling himself, but without you know the blonde prostitute. <laughs> and apparently there were other dudes in the room, like it wasn't just him. Like I've walked in, you know, changing rooms on some fighters too, and I'm just like Jesus Christ! I did not need to see that, and I will never look at some of those fighters the same way. <laughs> Especially neither will my friend. And the, yes, if in case you're wondering, a giant piece he was packing, uh, but. <laughs> And uh, and and you know, so he's hungry. He's got that confidence because another friend got out. Uh, I don't want to share bad. T- you know, I will share this. Uh, let's just say uh, I'm not going to out anybody, but uh, or any fighters. But uh, I did have a friend that worked at a dentist office that handled the UFC contracts for this card. You guys can hit me up with this one, who you think, okay? So, and there's this, like, a, there's this, like, hot, like, receptionist college girl we works with, right? And uh, she may or may not have been flirting with Overeem, uh, and Overeem over, may not have flirting back. And he's a married man, so I'm not going to throw any accusations. I'm not going to speak out of school here. Um, in fact, I will say she, the girl uh, knew he, find, or knew or found out he was married anyways and had kids, and so she wasn't interested in him like that. Uh, so, cause, 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 my, my friend kind of like, oh, talking to Reem, you like the Reem, huh? Uh-huh. kind of give him the elbow and she's like, no, he's married with kids, you know? And she's like, however, the prelim fighter, so-and-so wasn't. So I gave him my number and he didn't get the name and he didn't get the name. He, he couldn't remember. So I'm like, I'm like, fuck, I'm trying to think of who it is. And so. I was like, who's on the undercard that's like, okay, like, it's not Martin Day, right? Because he's a last-minute replacement, and the story was, like, from weeks ago, right? So like, none of the last-minute replacements. So part of me is like, Devontae Smith? I'm not trying to, like, you know, I'm not trying to just lump in, you know, she's talking to Reem. That means she, you know, likes the, I'm saying they're handsome guys. They're very likable characters, too, you know? You got... Marine Mall, well, Basically, I yeah, like to uh, flex in front of the mirror, and uh, you know, you got, and then you got, uh, <laughs> and then you got, you know, Devonte Smith. He's got a lovable personality and handsome looks. You know what I'm saying? So that's my vote. You know, I could maybe a Corey Sanhagen because he's just so nice, and you know, he's got that boy next door quality. You know what I'm saying? Maybe, maybe she was into that. I don't know. But which prelim fighter got the number? That that is the game that uh, I got to play with my friend to find out. So I'm gonna put the bet in. And I'm going to check in with him. But I'm going to bet he can tell me if I'm wrong when I'm listening because I think he went to double check. I'm going to bet it was Devontae Smith that got them digits. All right. Jesus, Dan, that was needless gossip. I'm taking over him over Volkov. I'm taking uh, Edgar over Sanhagen. Wow, Dan, two 40-year-olds in a row. Taking Stamen over Asker. Asker. Asker, bro. Who asked her? I don't know. We're trying to find out. Um, taking <laughs> Darius over Fajeda, taking uh Johnson over Guida, taking Rodriguez over Marquez, taking Valiev over Day, taking Hosa over Edwards, taking Janes over Smith, taking McCann over Procopio. taking Pantoja over Cape, taking Os- Osborne over Rivers, taking <laughs> Zalau over Choi, may pull out uh, may pair up Rosa allow for even money. Um, Took a shot at the Ream on one unit, plus 169 for a straight plays. Took a shot at Darius, plus 100 at one house for one unit. Took a sprinkle on Edgar, plus, one th- uh, plus 315 for a half a unit. Um, I put somewhere in the neighborhood of like a quarter to a half a unit on my guy, Jane's. It's a super biased pick at plus 140. And I wrote Day, question mark, and Pantoja, question mark. I may sprinkle on Day if that line gets any higher because I believe it's dogger pass. And Pantoja... Um, If they're going to bet him to even money, much less dog money, you know your boy is playing that. Did not touch any props. Sorry if I didn't give you too much info on those. My avoid list is three strong with Johnson Guida, Rodriguez, Marquez, and Rivera Osborne. Um... Thank you all for doing the Amazon uh, list. Ah, that's what I forgot to read and pull up. I'm a bad podcaster. It's okay. Thank you guys for using that. It's a, a way to support the show, which is for free. Always has been free for uh, the last well, about half a decade now. And 242 episodes in, we'll, don't worry, we'll be remaining free from top five shows, breaking down all the UFC cards, all the fights on them from top to bottom, even some Bellator Um I appreciate the love, guys, and if you want to give back to the show without hitting or paying money because it is a free show, although there is a PayPal account, some of you are not allowed to use it, the Robert G's, uh, the Chris, we'll call call, call him the Chris, uh, or the Tony C's of the world, uh, you know, these loyal listeners who are way too generous, Um, but if you guys, honestly, if you guys want to support the show for free without spending extra money, because I feel bad even asking, which is another reason why I keep the show free. You can go to MixmartialAnalyst.com, which does support the show, and you can have smartphone friendly players there. For those of you who aren't on the Spotify uh, or SoundClouds or wondering where that is, it is coming right now, but it's not there yet. Uh, you go to MixmartialAnalyst.com over to the right, whether you go to Amazon or on it, you want to ease your conscience from buying from the corporations. You click through that link and a percentage of your sale at no extra cost. You will be kicked back to this year's show. And I assure you, it is used. It is appreciated. Um, That is one way to do it. Or you can just share. Get positives, likes, ratings, and reviews on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Daniel Tom MMA. It really helps. Thank you guys again. Thank you for checking out the last Top 5 show to Connor. Thanks, Spencer, on the recap. We'll be recapping breaking down shows going forward. 12 out of 13 weeks, baby. Good luck on your picks and plays. And always protect your neck.